Welcome back, everybody, to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. Today is a very, very, very monumental day. Amen. I mean, by the time you are seeing this, it'll be a few months past this monument. But today I have Keenan Clark with me. Yo, yo, yo. First Pumped podcast to we've recorded together in a, in a while. Six to eight months. It's been a minute. My Lord. At the time of recording this, this is around the one-year mark of our first podcast. Around the one-year mark, yeah. yeah. The the dopamine podcast. The that dopamine didn't, podcast. We didn't set out to, to have a dopamine podcast. That is honestly probably the best one on Kingdom Vision. I enjoyed it. It was it was a crazy talk. It, it was good. And a lot, of people, a lot of people probably got impacted by that. I'm hoping so. And so I just want to know, you know, what the Lord's been doing in your life the last year. Yeah. And you can even transition to just, you know, some... What is he been teaching you? Wow. You, you know, so like give the yeah. practicals and then what he's been showing you. Yeah. I was wondering because I, kn- I knew that this one wouldn't get posted until January. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if you were going to want me to be like, so Keenan, how's life in Tennessee? And yeah. you'd be like, it's great. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna, there yet. we're going to play it off. Yeah, yeah. play it off like, no, like we're there. This um, is a previously recorded episode. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are so many ways I have grown in the last year in literally every facet of my life. Like quite literally, I don't know that there's a single facet that I have not grown in. Obviously in the last year I became a dad, um, which has been huge for me. In all honesty, it has unlocked things on the inside of me that I didn't even realize were there. Really great things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like drudged up like bad emotions or anything. Yeah. Um, I, I've been fortunate enough to be from an incredible family. I had an incredible upbringing. I mean, my family's not perfect, but I mean, they love the Lord, mm. have raised me in the the love of God. Um, it's one of the reasons why, like, instead of running from the church, uh, I just keep running back to it. In fact, I've just never left. And so I feel like the Lord has just shown me so much. One of the, one of the things I'll get into is in, in, in light of it being a year ago that yeah. we did our first pod, one of the stories I told um, mm-hmm. was all about social media. And that's been one, like, obviously I can talk about the internal growth, mm-hmm. but there has been growth just even there. The mm-hmm. Lord has really, in my opinion, if he didn't do any more, he has already made good. What, what's I'll, up? T- I'll tell you it. Okay. You DM me when you posted the actual one year anniversary, you said 40 K to 275 K yeah. in one 365 days. Yes. So. From 40,000 followers to yeah 275,000 followers in a year. If wow. you want to hear the full story of like how why that's so significant, you can go back to that original pod. Coming off the coming off the the backside of a laying down of a Instagram Yeah, laying completely. down like laying down. So I had influence at one point. God asked me to lay all that down and trust him to bring it back. Like yeah. trust him to give it to me in a greater capacity. Like I literally heard the Lord tell me this, if you will trust me with what you call influence, Mm -hmm. I will trust you with what I call influence. Like the Lord told me that in my spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I had this knowing just like, it was like, I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden I did. And there was conviction behind it. That's honestly how I hear the voice of the Lord. I'm open to hearing the audible voice, by the way. I'm very open to that. Haven't had it yet. Um, I've had the closest thing though, that you can get to audible without it being audible. I'm gonna take a brief tangent because I feel like I'm supposed to share this story. Please. I will never forget, I was on a, in the last year, I was on a walk with the Lord. That's one of the ways I really enjoy spending time with God. I will go on walks with mm-hmm. God. Um, one of my favorite things to do is here in San Angelo, we have a state park and there's like trails and stuff. And I remember one Saturday morning, I'd gotten up early before Beth and I went out there and was walking around and I was talking to the Lord and then eventually um, I stopped and I looked up into the sky and I'm talking to him out loud. And that's one of the, th- like the benefits of being all by yourself is mm-hmm. you can talk at a full volume to the Lord. And not bother people. And not, and one, you not even feel weird. Yeah. Like I don't feel crazy. Yeah. So I'm sitting there talking to the sky and I, I, I'm telling you, it was the closest thing to audible. I heard it out of this ear, not this one, this one. And it said, what are you looking at? I'm right here. And I went, huh? and literally, I'm, I'm getting like goosebumps right now, just thinking about it. I was like, oh. what? And I turned and I was like, of course, Lord, I'm sorry. Like I literally was like, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm like yeah. acting as if God's like way the heck out there somewhere. And I'm like, Lord. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. Like you're walking with me. And yeah. I, I turned, I didn't see anything. Nothing was there, yeah. but I'm telling you out of this ear, it was like the Lord literally spoke it. it. It wasn't audible, but it was the closest thing to audible. Mm. Whatever the step before audible is. Um, 
and yeah, he got my attention. So like little things like that yeah. happen over the course of a year, but God speaks and yeah. God spoke to me and asked me to lay down my influence. And yeah. inside the last year, at when we did our first pod, I was at 40,000 followers. Mm-hmm. At this one, I remember around 275,000 on Instagram. And I've, I feel like the Lord is just, the Lord's doing something. But one of the things I was saying, this is where I was going, is if you'd asked Keenan Clark back when God asked him to lay down his Instagram, so that was like 2019, if you'd asked mm-hmm. that version of me, do you ever think you're gonna have almost 300,000 followers on Instagram? Number one, I would say, no, probably not. And then the second thing would be, if I ever did, I think I'd feel like stupid good. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'd feel like I had it made. Mm-hmm. I think I'd feel famous, you know, to a certain degree. Um, and the the best thing in the world is that now that it's come to fruition, the Lord has done it. It's I haven't paid one dime in advertising, nothing. The Lord has just organically brought people, causing videos to go viral, those sorts of things. Um, it literally means nothing to me. I can say that from this most sincere, and some people would argue, well, if it meant nothing to you, you wouldn't be talking about it right now. That, that's not the case. What means something is what the Lord is doing. That's what means something to me, is that the Lord is moving, the Lord is touching people. It's That number 275K, it doesn't mean anything to me. Each individual that makes up that 275,000, they mean the world to me because they mean the world to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it, and, and it, rather than it becoming this like, this trophy for me that I would have imagined that like level of social media success would be, it honestly just feels like a massive burden, a good one, but a massive weight of like, God, I don't wanna screw this up. I don't want to mislead people. I don't wanna abuse this. Lord, if you would trust me with this, you are entrusting me to steward it. And like, there's a reason behind it. So God, help Kenan's flesh not get in the way of what you're wanting Kenan's spirit and by your spirit to do. And so yeah. I think that's something the Lord has really done is I, I, he's, he's obviously given me that, but he's also given it to me in such a way where I'm like, man, this is not all it's cracked up to be. People mm-hmm. think, oh, if I ever became social media famous, I, I would just feel like somebody. No, you won't. If you don't, if you don't recognize who you are with five followers, you will never you will never know who you are yeah. with 500,000 followers. Yeah. You'll be more confused. You will be more depressed because then the thing that you were hoping would take away the depression isn't taking away the depression. Mm-hmm. And then the truth is this, there's always another number, right? Like for me, it would be easy and I don't feel this way whatsoever, mm-hmm. but it'd be easy for me to go, I, I just got to hit 300. I'm at 275. Oh, I need to hit 300. But then at 300, it'd be like, oh, I need 350. 500 and, and then 750 yeah, 750 1 million and then t- you hit a million like, t- 2 million you know what I mean it, it's never ending it's, it's it's that way with anything of the world it's yeah. that way with anything that isn't from the Lord mm-hmm. and when the Lord does something even if it's not at its full potency yet even if it's not at its full maturity yet there's a satisfaction in knowing that this is from the Lord yeah. and in knowing the effort of a human being did not bring this about Mm-hmm. I had to be consistent. I have had to show up. I have had to post. I have had to do all of those things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there are people who are posting five times more than me and not getting anything. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it is the Lord. Human consistency can only take you so far. And I think consistency is key. I think faithfulness is key. I think all of those things are key. But at the end of the day, what makes the difference is the anointing of God. Mm-hmm. It's the hand of God on something. And I think that... in every facet of my life, my marriage, my, my relationship with my son, my relationship with my friends, my relationship with people I'm mentoring, my relationship with the internet, it, my relationship with myself, my relationship with my finances, right? In every area I am learning, the anointing is what truly makes the difference. Like if you don't have the oil, if you don't have the anointing, it's tough. It's hard. Like your life, people get weird when you use this word and it's ultimately, if you get weird about it, it's, it's be, it's an immaturity. But what I'm saying is this, when you don't have the oil, your life is not well lubricated. So things get, things get hinky, things get weird. But man, when that oil's there, yeah, you're pedaling, you're doing your part, but it's, it's not like it was at one point. The oil really is making up the difference and not everybody's going to understand that, but they need to. Well, what you said, the best thing you said, not the best, but the I thing that struck, that struck me was you said it's been a burden. 
It has. And I think what what you get to testify to is what you have a unique testimony to what people don't get to experience. You yeah. get to experience is that we are supposed to be hidden in the Lord. Yes. And that's actually our design is to be hidden in God. Yeah. But people like you experience this uh, dynamic that is almost counterintuitive yeah. to like the Christian life. Yeah. Being hidden in the Lord, yet being on a public stage with so many eyes looking at you pre- presents a dynamic that becomes burdensome yeah. because I think the design of the Christian is to be hidden hidden in the Lord. Yeah. But hidden in the Lord doesn't always mean followers or not followers. It's right. what do we see more of? Yeah. Do we see more of Christ when we look at Kenan or do, do we see more of Kenan when we look at Kenan? Absolutely. I think one of the greatest tests of anyone in my position who has a following, has eyes on them, those sorts of things. Yeah. But the reason they have the eyes is because they supposedly preach Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. that's their, their message is Jesus. I think one of the greatest ways to tell if you're still hidden, even though you're in the public view, is if people throw stones at you, how bad does it hurt? That's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're sitting there and you're preaching Jesus, but then people are picking you apart. Like I've had people pick apart my appearance. Um, I've ended up on Christian like roast Instagram accounts Praise where God. they just like roast the people in the videos. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've made fun of everything. They've like said who like his parents must've been cousins, like all, all sorts of stuff. Really? Like they've made fun of like my hands. Like they've literally made fun of everything. So that's not even about the word. Stuff of God. That's nothing about the word of God. Wow. And if it was about Kenan, it would have been easy for me to get all flustered and upset. Yeah. And, and obviously you kind of have to expect that when you end up on a Christian like roast page, like where mm-hmm. they roast Christians. Um, kind of reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Vindigo that were roasted, but quite literally. <laughs> um, but they didn't burn. Sorry. Oh my gosh, dude. Um, hey, man. That's going to be a clip, bro. Thanks, bro. That is hilarious. Sorry. They were quite literally roasted. Uh, dude, your puns are too far thanks. sometimes. Uh, sorry. It takes a second to realize where I'm going. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but like, it, it kind of shows you, like, if they're making fun of you for something that has nothing to do with Jesus and it still hurts. How much of this is really about Jesus to you? Yeah. Like, how much is this following? How much is the notoriety really about Jesus? Or have you died? And you're no longer, and it's, it no longer is it you, but you're hidden in Christ. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm not acting like you can't have a human emotion. I'm not acting like you can't go, well, dang, that's a little offensive. But in all honesty, like, I was going through the comment section on that Christian roast page and honestly laughing at some of the comments about me. I'm mm-hmm. like, they got a point. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of funny. That's creative. Yeah. And I'm not saying, again, like I, I saw a video of another dude here recently and I don't go looking for this stuff, but somehow like things yeah, get shown yeah, to me yeah. of another dude who has been um, held under some severe scrutiny here recently. Yeah. He's got like a pretty large platform and some things happened in his ministry that people really challenged the legitimacy of. I'm not gonna talk about his name and because I just genuinely have no idea what's true, what's not true. But his response video to a lot of the people who were throwing stones and saying like, hey, I know I take my hand off this guy. Like I'm no longer associated with that mm-hmm. guy. It, it had nothing to do, like his response was not, I'm here to defend the name of Christ. His response was, I'm here to defend my family. I'll, I'm here to defend my name. And I'm like, that's a telltale sign of somebody yeah. who, because of the public platform, They've come out of hiding in Christ in order to stand on that public mm-hmm. platform. And I think when the Lord gives you a public platform, he will never cause that public f- platform to cause you to come out of hiding in Christ. You can simultaneously stay hidden in Christ and stand on a public platform God has called you to at the same time. But yeah. sometimes people forsake one for the other. I'm about to say something and I want you to run with it. But yeah, let's go. The mark of what you're saying is meekness and forgiveness absolutely jesus i would even say that's like more of a true tell true tale tell of your faith than anything else yeah when you were accused are you rebuttaling defending yourself because jesus even before Pilate, yeah did not did 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 not defend himself he said nothing but the thing i noticed is when he was when jesus was accused of something he never responded right but when Jesus was asked, are you the son of God? He always said, he always answered that. Yeah. He never responded to accusations because he's not that He doesn't need to defend himself. Yeah. His, you know, the word of God, God will do the defending, Amen. the justifying. The father is going to justify, avenge, um, all of those things. All the things, yes. 
but it's just crazy to me. He never responded to accusations, but if someone asked him plainly, hey, are you the son of God? He said, you, yeah. have, you have said so. Mm-hmm. You know, So meekness and forgiveness being the two things. Yeah, and meekness by definition is strength under control. That yeah. is the definition of meek. You know, that's a word, not a word we run around with, you know. Yeah. You probably haven't said meek this week, you know. But it's one of those things. It really is. It's, it, it's I have all strength, yeah. but I also am in complete control. And just because I have the, the power and capacity to respond in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean I have to. I mean, Jesus could have quite literally called legions of angels down from heaven to get him off of that cross, mm-hmm. vanquish his foes. But he chose not to. He could have done that. He could have twitched. And that would have been the signal to all of heaven to come come get our boy off this cross, like vanquish the entire Roman Empire. But he's like, man, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. This is about meekness and forgiveness, exactly what you just said. And I think for for us, we I mean, my I don't I again, I say these things just to testify. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this to be like, woe is me. There are people suffering far worse yeah. than any of my, my family could ever suffer. And in all honesty, I count it pure joy when we face various trials. But because of like the message that we preach and how uncompromising it is, um, there are people, and I, th- I think you know this, like who will literally like, <laughs> it's Photoshop my son's face onto like demons and onto like bodies burning in hell. And I, I could, if I wanted as a dad, get super ticked over that and like go online and just like you better stop it right now oh my god my son the most that guy you ain't gonna talk about my family like i could get on there and do that yeah and to some people it'd be justified because like yo you, you you poked the bear like you you came at the guy's kid but at the same time i'm like bro like of course the enemy's gonna do that of, mm-hmm. I, I, I am in the enemy's camp. I am kicking down the gates of hell. I'm storming hell. Mm-hmm. Hell's going to be mad. Hell's yeah. going to throw a low blow. Let's take it like a, a, a picture of his infant and put it on a demon or put it on Satan himself or put it on a body burning in hell. Like let's call his kid like the, all these names. Of course it's going to do that because I'm poking the beast. <laughs> I'm after the beast, you know? Yeah. And I think like we've got to remember like it, there's a price to be paid mm-hmm. when you are actually do what God's called you to do. And it's worth it. It's worth every it's worth every insult. It's worth every, you know, misunderstanding. There's a lot of things people like who just misunderstand, like misunderstand what I'm saying, misunderstand my heart. Um and sometimes like I like the Lord had to remind me. Keenan, you are following the most misunderstood figure in human history. And you think you won't be misunderstood following the most misunderstood person who ever lived. You will be. You will be misunderstood just because of the fact that he's misunderstood. But then you'll be misunderstood just because people will misunderstand you. And it just comes with the territory and you kind of just have to rub some faith in it and move on. You know Mm. what I mean? Like you really do. So anyway, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I mean, to it's, it's crazy. Like I know people, you probably, you just share the story about your son, but like, that's real. Like, I don't know. I don't know if y'all just think he's just blowing smoke, but like it's, it's crazy. The stuff that people do like Photoshop and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not, there are some things I'm real. I'm not even willing to say that they've done over, like it's just gross and it's nothing like where they're slanderous or anything like that it's just disgusting yeah. and i like yeah just refuse to even utter it oh, yeah. like it's terrible well bro i wanted to ask that so it was it was crazy that we were talking about ended up talking about meekness and forgiveness because yeah. it's been something i've been talking about like oh, wow i've been we i talked about it with brayden a little bit and just something i've been reading about anyways but that wasn't even one of the questions that I was wanting to get into, so it's cool yeah. we hit on it anyways. Well, cool, praise But God. the first question that I want you to answer, it's kind of broad, but I okay. feel like you'll like it. I want to know, this is probably a question a lot of people have, actually, how the creator of the universe, who tends to the heavens, to the earth, to the nations, and to the peoples, yet how can he talk to me personally as well? Wow. If you had to, I know that's a lofty question, but if you if you could give yeah some some insights without to that. a doubt, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, a lot of the things we have a hard time understanding about the Lord is always because we are superimposing our limitations upon Him. Like 
we only have a certain amount of attention, mm-hmm. right? We can a lot. Some people can multitask, but most of us like can only give our attention to one thing at one time. Yep. And so we begin to superimpose that upon the Lord, and we think, well, the Lord. I hear it so many times. The Lord has bigger problems to fix, as if there's He's limited yep. in resource, time, energy, effort, all those things. And so, therefore, I'm not going to bother Him. Because, you know, there's starving kids in Africa and and the Lord cares about the starving children in Africa and the Lord cares about a war going on in Israel and the Lord cares about all these things. But he he doesn't have a ranking system of, well, this is something I really care about, kind of care, don't care at all. You know what I mean? Like that does not exist. That exists because there is duplicity in us. Like we Mm -hmm. rank things. The Lord has no ranking system. It's either I'm about it or I'm against it end of story like that that is like the lord has two camps i'm mm-hmm. either going to bless it or i oppose it end of the end, yeah. of, end of the discussion um but i honestly i feel like we even kind of covered it a little bit in me kind of taking that tangent to talk about the lord like nearly audibly speaking to me yeah is this idea that like god and i'm a big believer in this and i'll say this god knows how to get through to you I think so many times, so much of the time, like we put the pressure on us to hear him. And I do think that we should be expecting to hear from the Lord Mm -hmm. and put a demand on ourselves. Hey, you need to be listening. But also you need to have confidence and really it's faith to know that God knows the best way to get through to you. Like certain friends, you know, if I want to get a hold of them, I call them. Certain friends, like if I want to get a hold of them, I text them. Certain friends is like, I got to DM them. I'm showing up at their house. Or I'm showing up at their (laughs) house, right? Um, they're just like, you know how to get through to your friends because you know that person. The Lord's the same way. Like the Lord knows what numbers to dial Mm -hmm. to get through to you. And so that's one of the prayers, like as often as I think to pray it, I will pray it of like, hey God, I'm gonna live my life today. I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna be listening for you, but I'm putting the weight on you to get through to me. Yeah. Like God, get through to me today. Yeah. Like make it abundantly clear that it's your voice. Make it, irresistible, undeniable, right? Um, And so I would just, for anyone who's like, man, I just don't know how to hear from God. I don't know what the voice of God sounds like. God knows how to get through to you. God knows what your, God knows what will cause your ears to perk up. Like he really does. Um, And so for me, like there's a lot of times like the Lord speaks to me through like numbers that I see. I mean, I've talked about that in sermons. I've talked about it maybe even on other podcasts. Uh, 222, has been a huge thing for me for like literally a decade at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like 22, 222, 22, uh, 22, yeah. just seeing a series Numbers of twos. Numbers for you is huge. Eight years was big. Eight years. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord just speaks to me. And the cool thing is, is as you begin to walk with the Lord, you, you develop a history with him. Yep. You develop this archive of ways that the two of you communicate. And it's almost, it can, sort of kind of feel like this game like you and the Lord have, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it a relationship. It's not this transactional punch a button, beep through on the intercom, God does what you want him to, and that's the end of it. It is this ebb and flow. It is this divine mystery of the Lord leaving these breadcrumbs and trusting that I am uh, Sherlock Holmes enough to figure it out. This divine mystery of we actually have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Yes. That's the mystery. Yes. And like understanding that what God is saying now speaks to now, but it also may have ramifications later on, right? Yeah. Like there are certain things God has dropped in my heart, like that whole eight years thing. When God said it, it had been six years that I had yeah. been leading YA. So it wasn't, it was a word. It was a now word, but it wasn't going to come to fruition for another two years. Yeah. And I had to have that in my archive to know two years removed, that's what God was saying when he said that. And I had to have shared it with Beth because Beth was able to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, again, certain things like, I I don't even know if you want me to tell that full story. I mean, at this point, I'm so deep into it, I might as well. Which part? Just that whole eight years deal. Um, Oh yeah, sure. It's a little- Real briefly, two years ago, I was in a prayer meeting and the Lord told me, lay down. So I very reluctantly laid down. There's so many things we can get into. Yes. Just with the story. The fact that you just laid down on your face. Yeah. 
people probably think Keenan Clark's weird. Maybe not the people who follow you and like you, but like people who used to be Cole Harris, the yeah, like yeah, yeah. Baptist people. Like uh, yeah. he's laying down in church. That's so weird. Yeah, well, I was in a prayer meeting. Luckily, I was leading the prayer meeting, so like I'm in charge, right? Yes. Um, Sorry and, to interrupt. Your no, story, you're totally though. fine. But you're. It's. It's. I understand why it would be weird. I have yeah. thought people who do these certain things, and sometimes let's be honest, they are being weird. Plenty of things that have been couched as the spirit were truly the flesh. True. And True. we're lying if we say that that's not the case. Yeah. And you can usually tell if something's authentic or inauthentic. I mean, you can you can just tell by the feel. Yeah. But the Lord told me, lay down. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a distraction. That's weird. The Lord was like, it didn't used to be weird. When you were in Bible school, you would lay down on the, the ground and pray and worship all the time. And so I was like, well, when you put it that way, you know? So I laid down on the ground. And the second I lay down on the ground, the Lord says, 1 Samuel 3. And the only reason I knew 1 Samuel 3 is because I had been there before. This is one of the benefits of like actually getting in the Bible is God can use the Bible on you, right? So all of a sudden I, I, I know what 1 Samuel 3 is. It's when God calls to Samuel, Samuel's 12 years old. He's living with Eli, the high priest. Uh, so he's living in the tabernacle, right? And um, in 1 Samuel 3, Samuel's asleep and God calls to him for the very first time. The very first time Samuel had ever heard the voice of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he gets it wrong, right? He runs to Eli. And it, what's funny to me is this, I, I can't remember if I, where I heard this pointed out, but I, I do think it's very interesting. Um, Samuel gets up and runs to Eli and God does not go, no, 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 Samuel, it's, it's me, God. It's, it's not Eli. He lets him run to Eli. Yeah. Then Eli's like, hey, I didn't call you. Like, go lay down. So Samuel lays down again. God calls again. But he runs to Eli again. God again does not go, Samuel, it's me, God, your father in heaven. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not Eli. Yeah. God's like, yeah, I'll let you run to Eli. I just think that speaks to the Lord's willingness to allow us to get it wrong and still call to us anyway. Yep. Like God's not like sitting there perturbed that every time I call you, you get it wrong. Every time I speak something, you miss it, right? Um, God will keep calling. He'll call again and again and again. And Samuel has to be one of the people who heard the voice of the Lord the most accurate. I mean, Samuel's the one who heard it for that King Saul was going, uh, Saul, David, Saul, David. David. I mean, David, the quintessential king Mm -hmm. of the Old Testament, yeah. the one who is quite literally the closest type and shadow to Jesus that we have, Samuel out of everybody, including da David's own dad, heard the voice of the Lord the clearest to say, this young shepherd boy is to be the next king of Israel, right? That dude got it wrong the first three times he heard the voice of God. So who are you to think you're going to get it right the very first time God speaks to you? Crazy. So God says, First Samuel 3, I'm lying there on the ground, back to our story laying there on the ground and I realize that Hannah, Samuel's mom, had dropped Samuel off at the temple when he was four years old. The Bible says when he was fully weaned off of her, she takes him to the temple to give him back, right? Because this is a miracle boy. She couldn't have a boy. Eli, the prophet or the, the priest tells her, hey, you're gonna have a child. La-di-da, she has one. So four years later, she's like, I'm giving him back to God. So at four years old, Samuel comes into the temple. At 12 years old, God calls him. So there's an eight-year gap between when he shows up at the temple and when God calls. And the Lord told me this, at eight years, I'm calling you. And I went, whoa. And at the time I thought, oh, I've been preaching for eight years. So God's like calling me. And what's cool is he, he was, because like that's around the time when social media started picking up for me again. But the word was, multifaceted, multi-layered, because now all of a sudden the Lord is calling us to go to Franklin. And I've been leading young adults for the last eight years. It's two years since that word was released. And so the Lord has just been like, the Lord's been dropping these little hints, these nuggets, these like these things in my spirit for the last two years. Um, and those are some of the ways the Lord speaks to me. Like you got to know the book. Here's the first thing. If, if you haven't heard from God in a while, I guarantee you haven't read his word in a while. Like that is like, that's a telltale sign. If you have not heard from God, you get a, you need a written word from God. You need to read God, right? Um, but once you've been faithful to this, the Lord can then use this on you. But then I'm also a big believer that the Holy Spirit will speak things that are very direct, yes. that are very just like, hey, Cole, go do this today. Go to Walmart, buy a Red Bull, hand it to the lady outside, 
And then all of a sudden this conversation is going to take, there ain't no scripture for that. No, there ain't no scripture about Red Bull. There ain't no scripture about Walmart. There ain't Cole is not a biblical name. You know yeah, what I mean? I wish it was, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, maybe like seal my lip, put the coal upon my lips. We, like, we can go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Different coal, <laughs> different kind of coal, like C O A L. But they, they used to always call me that. Well, there you go. And they, as a, like as a prank, they used to always do. So it fits. And, your, and your girlfriends would tell you, put, put coal upon my lips. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> horrible. <Dude. laughs> oh, we got to keep that. Oh my gosh! Uh, sorry, I'm horrible. You're good, bro. But I just think, like, again, you got to be faithful to the word, but also just like open to hearing God speak. And a lot of the times, like, you might miss it. Like, God may tell you to do something, and it wasn't. You may yeah. feel like God told you to do something, and it wasn't the Lord. Yeah. But you will literally never know what is God or isn't God until you just start obeying what you're hearing. And then, like, if it doesn't pan out, it's like, okay, at least I obeyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a notch in the belt of obedience. Yeah. But maybe it is the Lord. And if it doesn't violate Scripture and it doesn't violate your conscience, it's probably God. And if it makes yeah. you a little uncomfortable, it's most definitely the Lord. It probably is. Yeah. I just wanted to say real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story of your eight years mm-hmm. and even the story, y'all need to go watch the podcast of the announcement that they're moving to Franklin, Tennessee. It's the yeah. most first-hand experience like i've heard stories like that but it's yeah. first-hand y'all need to go watch it prophetically god tells them go to tennessee before my point is god i feel like builds that chemistry builds that relationship when i first started following the lord i thought something like that was crazy yeah and kind of like people were like stretching it i thought people stretched that reality yeah and it was people were being fleshly but i've heard some crazy stuff for the lord myself yeah and the point i'm trying to make is you build to where you're at yes god does things overnight right there's there's those there's those crazy stories about you got saved you heard god's audible voice i interviewed a guy on this podcast that he got saved hearing the audible voice of god wow yes yeah he, and he shared it on this podcast but all else fails say that people don't experience that yeah. right off the bat when you build that chemistry with that Lord, intimacy yeah. and that relationship like i feel like i'm a testimony of that that if i would have heard that two years ago i would have thought that's a little crazy yeah but i've begun to develop some things like that and the lord mm-hmm. spoke some crazy things to me yeah and not that crazy but crazy to my own oh it's experience. coming bro it's coming you and know? i think the lord has to be able to like trust you with crazy yeah you know what i mean now crazy is not like stupid we're not talking about stupidity here yeah now there could be things that are stupid in the eyes of the world because the bible says the lord uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise right um so things that seem foolish from a worldly standpoint from a fleshly standpoint the lord will gladly use that to show the fallacy and the falsehood of earthly man-made wisdom right Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like the Lord's never going to call you to do something that is like anti-biblical. Like the Lord is never going to call you away from your marriage. The Lord mm-hmm. is never going to call you to cheat. The Lord is never going to call you to missionary date of like, hey, I'm going to date them in order to win them to the Lord. That is not God. The Lord is not calling you to do that. Now, you might be so deep into a situation you got yourself into that the Lord is saying, okay, here's now how I want to work this. But you have to also have the brass to say, God, you never called me into this in the first place. And now you're just making the best out of what I've gotten myself in. Not this was always your plan A. I, I think there's That's a lot. Speaking of somebody right now. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that of saying just because God worked it out for good didn't mean God called you into it to begin with. Like yeah. God is such a master weaver of crap that we can sometimes think it had to be crap in order for God to be made glorified through the mm-hmm. whole thing. No, God's just that good at using everything. The scubula, as Paul would put it, yeah. of our life. Um, God is good at weaving all things together for good. This transitions me into the next question, and it's on the same topic, but you just talked about God speaking to you personally. Yes. But I think the people who are listening to this, and it's coming against something in them. Yeah. It's, it's like triggering it's them. Something. It's like, I don't know. I think the root of it is, is I want you to speak to people don't understand the Lord, if you read from Gen- uh, Genesis to Revelation, yeah. the Lord's heart is to dwell amongst the people. If there's one key theme, it's like, I want to I wanna be your friend. Yep. I want to dwell with you. And if he's dwelling amongst the people, but he also wants to dwell with us personally. Yeah. And people, it, 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 it strikes something in, in them. They don't, 
I don't know if it's works. I don't know if it's religion. I don't know if it's pride, arrogance, fear, whatever's mm-hmm. whatever's holding them back. But why do you think, or just speak to the idea of that God really is so good that He wants to speak to a people? He redeemed the people through yeah. through Jesus. But it's it's personal. It's it's one on one. Yeah, for sure. I would say this: like you have to remember, Jesus died not just for a mass group of people that he did not know and thought this will make me a historical staple if i do this this will make me legendary if i die for this faceless group of people i know not who they are yeah no jesus looked through the corridor of time saw keenan clark's face in 1995 because that's when i was born and thought that god that guy's worth dying for to me. That'll mess you up. I mean, it's messing me up. That he looked all the way through the corridor of time and thought if no one else gets it but him, I'll do it. That right there. Now, why would a God do all of that to never want to talk to you? Makes zero sense. Mm -hmm. I will allow my back to be beaten. I will allow my beard to be plucked out. I will allow my eyes to be blackened. I'll let the Pharisees put a blindfold on me, mockingly punch me in the face and demand I prophesy which one of them just punched me in order to prove that I am who I am. And I'm going to sit there and not say anything, but I'm going to let them do it because I care about Keenan Clark, but I don't care about him enough to talk to him. I care about him enough to die for him, but I don't care about him enough to talk to him stupid it's 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 illogical it's like ridiculous like Mm -hmm. we believe jesus loves us so much he'd die but we don't believe he loves us enough to talk just dumb and i I, i'm not trying to call any one person dumb i'm trying to call the tactic and the scheme and the lie of hell dumb like you have overplayed your hand devil and of course he wants to talk like why would god partner with man to make 66 different books over 40 different authors over 14 to 1600 years to not actually want to speak to us he's so desperate he preserved his word for us that 2000 years later we can still trust the sufficiency the the efficacy of it to be like yeah no nah, i don't i don't want to talk mm-hmm. to y'all anymore like it just makes no sense of course he wants to speak the more i read the word especially the last year you go you grow in more and more knowledge you 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 read more and more scriptures you come more and more familiar with the old testament the law leviticus it's crazy yada yada this yeah. that the prophets the new testament revelation it's like the more and more i read and study scripture it's like the more and more he's trying to get my attention to come sit at his feet yeah and the verse i had this i've had this pulled up from the jump and I was like I was waiting for, I wasn't going to read it unless it came up yeah but I want to read this Let's it's Psalm it. 139 verse 13 through 16 for you have formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed sus- substance in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them wow ephesians 1 says he chose us in yep. him before the foundation of the, the world. world okay when i read that the first time i was studying it with gerardo pastor gerardo yeah i i was struggling with the idea that he chose us the people, the redeemed, he was going to graft in the Gentiles. He chose us, you know, everybody. But I was struggling with the idea that he chose me. And the biggest religious thing that I ever learned was like, you got to be careful reading yourself in the scriptures. You got to be careful reading yourself in the scriptures. You got to, and it's still true. Yeah, but but the idea that the Lord, it said in the, it was His plan for the fullness of time to re to unite everybody in yeah, Christ Jesus yeah. before I even breathe one breath in this life for one day he already had already numbered all my days yes he's that particular he's that loving he's that uh he cares that much about keenan clark's life and cole harris's life yes while also rending the heavens tending to the earth tending to the nations and the peoples yeah the galaxies he created it all 
yet he does this too. Yep. And it's just that when you when you wrestle with that idea, it really wrecks you. Yes. That he is doing all these things on a grand, grand scale of governments sit on his shoulders. Yes. He is the prince of peace, yet he cares what goes on and he wants to meet with me in my prayer closet. Yep. Is that not a crazy... It, it's, that it's that wrecks you. That wrecks your religion. That wrecks everything you're doing because so many people... I believe a lot of people are forgiven. Mm. A lot of people are going to heaven because they trust in the finished work of Jesus. Right. But they're missing out on the power of God when the power of God is not all this mumbo jumbo yada yada. It's he wants to meet with you. Yes. And he wants to hide. He wants to... You, the power is being hidden in Christ to bring it full yes. circle to the beginning. Yeah, it's it, it's honestly like to me the the idea of the power of God shows up in the woman with the issue of blood. Yes, we love to focus on the woman with the issue of blood. Love that. Let's think about Jesus for a second. Yeah, walking. Woman touches his garment. Power automatically leaves him. Mm-hmm. To the point where he feels it. He feels what he called virtue mm-hmm. leave his body. That almost seems accidental to me. Like, it wasn't Jesus going, I'm going to muster up this power and be like, Hamehameha. He's like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he can see her because he's God. He sees yeah, he's her. Like, he's all right. Like, no. And now, like, release yeah. it. Like, you know, like, bam, bam, bam. It's yeah. not like that. It's like, I am just so drenched in this. It accidentally, like, without me thinking. Yeah. And I, I don't tell these stories. I, I I want to preface this brief moment to say this. I'm here to testify that this sort of thing is true. The other night, this had to have been last week, I ran to go get my wife and I some food, like to pick it up and bring it to the house. We we're going to have just a night in together. And so I go pick up the food. And while I'm there, I run into this like couple that I knew, like they're older. Um, I don't know them like super well, but like just enough to be able to say hi and whatnot. Like I wasn't going to ignore them. So I say hi, talk to him for a second. And I, what I didn't know was like when I came by, I put my hand on the guy's shoulder and just said hi to him. I go and pick up my food, pay for it. And on my way out, the woman just sits there and looks at me. And she's like, and I was like, okay, yeah. Like I came back over there and she went, tell him to her husband. She tells him, tell me. And he said, man, when you came up, you put your hand on me and I've been buzzing with the Holy Spirit ever since. Like literally I can't stop. Like, it's just like, I'm just buzzing with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, whoa, like I wasn't thinking like, Hey, I'm going to go over there and just like anointing, you know what I mean? I'm not thinking like activate, you know what I mean? Like let's go, Hey man, how are you? And, but because like, I, I, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I walk out this stuff, live in this stuff. When I got out of that car, like to go pick up the food, I'd been listening to a church service. That's just like what we do, listening to worship. Um, I was listening to a, a church called Mercy Culture. Their mm-hmm. worship is like legit. It's banger, yeah. it's banger, bro. And so I walked in there, not thinking about like, Lord, make me a vessel. Like, just like, hey, how are y'all? And he's like, man, I just felt God when you touched me and like it, it convicted me because I'm like, that's not Keenan Clark, but that's what I want. Like, I want that to stay true. Like, I want that to be like, I'm accidentally walking in the power of God. I'm accidentally leaking him when I'm not even trying. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm like not trying, but I'm not trying to try. I'm just, I want it to be that way. And I think that's almost like a, that is a small, 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 small scale version, I think, of what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. Yep. Just touched him of his garments. Anointing just left. Power leaves. Uh-huh. Virtue leaves his body. And I think that's where God's calling us. Yes. Is that operating in what we're calling the, the dunamis, the power of yes. God, is not something that we have to sit there and conjure up. But it's just the natural, like we, we say this word, but it's the overflow. Like sometimes we just say that, it's the overflow. And I don't think it's the overflow of sitting in your room going, should have bought a Honda, bought a bought a Kia for four hours. Like, I don't know that that's what the overflow looks like. I think we should have those moments when we are tarrying in the presence of God, praying, seeking the face of God. But I think it also just comes from a life that says like, God, I yield my literal body to you. Like yeah. use me. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to like, hug my kid, roughhouse with him, going to love on my wife, going to go some places, drink some good coffee. God, use me as I go. Like drench me, douse me in the anointing. 
And like that's what I'm after. I want to speak to what you just said. What you just said, it's not so much what you said, but the the idea of what you said is my heart cry for the this. Is, uh, it may be my heart cry for the rest of my life because I used to be a cessationist. What you just said was Jesus did it. He was walking with the woman uh, with issue of blood. She touched him, and it just like power surged from him, which was the anointing was right. The the his the power of God the surged Spirit, yeah. from him. And this same thing happened to you because it happened because it happened to Jesus and Jesus did it. That's your that's the connection. That's the connection. Yeah, it's him. And the the my heart cry is that so as what does Jesus say? So as so as I am, you will be in this world. Yeah, yeah. As as he is, so are as we in this he world. Is, so is he. So is he in this world. Greater things than you would do. This is, we. There's this pl- epidemic of like false humility that Jesus did what he did, and it's like crazy, bro. And I want you to speak into it when yeah. you speak, when you want to, whatever you feel. But yeah. Jesus did what he did, like, as a man. Yep. Like, these crazy conversations, like, you think of, like, he was a baby once. Yeah. Mary had to have a conversation with him and said, Joseph's not your dad, but your dad's God. Yeah. Yahweh. Your dad's Yahweh. By the way. Your dad's the one the scriptures talk about. You have a chromosome called God. And like, actually, all the all the scriptures are pointing to you. You're like the Messiah. You're kind of the focal point of the universe. Like, like he was in Hebrews and all these things talks about he grew in obedience. Like he had to, he had to, he was made perfect through suffering. Like it's, he grew. He wasn't always the Jesus at 33 years old that went to the cross the yeah. whole time. And so it's the same thing in Hebrews. It says that, um, because he was tempted in every way, so we have a faithful high priest. Yeah. Right? The idea there's this false humility in the church today that we want Jesus Jesus is our example, but we want to be sanctified but not too sanctified. We think there has <laughs> there, we think there has to be a chasm between Jesus and us. Yeah. But that's not what the Bible says. No. The Bible says we as he is, so, so are, are we, we in this world, so that there is an opportunity in this world, not so, in the world to come. And the, exactly. So that means prime, now. That means multiple things. It means freedom from sin. Yes. It means identity. Complete freedom. Complete freedom. We are sons. It says in, uh, I think, Romans 8 somewhere that we are fellow heirs with Christ. Yes. Imagine Christ is the son of God. He lived the perfect life. He died on the cross. He resurrected from the dead. But yet we are also equal in his heir. We, yeah. are, we are heirs to the kingdom of God yes. with Jesus. Yes doing nothing to deserve it no but just because we didn't do anything to deserve it doesn't mean it's less true that is our identity that's the reality we live in is that we are fellow heirs with jesus second corinthians five twenty one. he made him to be who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we yes. might become the righteousness of god yeah the reality of these things means something absolutely like people people think that these are just dopamine hits that these these things are just cool like motivational ideologies to help encourage us to repent of our sin and help us get through our hard yeah. times but these realities, they should they they're walked out a certain way. They should be realities. Yes. Like these realities should be just that reality. Like if if the scriptures say he made him who knew no sin to become sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If it says as he is, so are we in this present age in this world. Like Jesus says, greater things shall you do. Right. Like none of that is like hyperbolic. It's not hyperbole, right? Like, it's not him just being like, hey, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm really trying to pump you up, man. Like, of course, Mm. you're you're never going to be like me, you know, but I just want you to feel good. It's not that. Like, hyperbole, by definition, is a lie. Like if you're if you're speaking hyperbolically, like it's it's expanded, it's an over exaggeration of a yeah, right. Which by definition. It's not true. A half truth is a whole lie. Yeah. So, and there is no lie in him. The Bible says, though every man be a liar, God will not be. Like the whole world can lie through its teeth is what I believe Romans says. Yes. And God will be found true. And so it's one of those things like when he says something, he means that thing. I mean, think about the woman caught in adultery. Mm -hmm. He tells her, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Right? Religion says this, go and sin no more. And then I won't condemn you. But Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. There's no condemnation. And now out of that place of there no longer being any condemnation, you have the power to truly go and sin no more. Jesus would never tell her to do something he did not also give her the power to do. 
This is not, I've heard people say, well, she should have asked how, that's not possible. But the story doesn't say that she asked how. Evidently, she left feeling, I think this might be possible. Like the way Jesus said it and whatever was in his eyes, which Revelation tells us is fire is in his eyes, okay? The fire in his eyes convinced her that out of a place of no longer being condemned by the one who had every right to condemn her, the only person who could have thrown a stone did, chose not to. Mm -hmm. She now knew, I think I have the ability to go and sin no more because sin is no longer appe appealing when you've seen that fire in his eyes. Yep. Like when you've beheld the fire, sin loses its appeal. And the reason sin regains its appeal is because you haven't seen the fire in a while. Like you, it's been a minute since I stared into those eyes. Yeah. So all of a sudden sin's appeal begins to come back. But you and I both know, and you too, if you've ever had an encounter with Jesus, the last thing, like when you're sitting there and you're experiencing the raw, tangible presence of God, the last thing you are having to do is, I'm trying not to sin. I'm trying not to sin. I'm trying not to lust. It's the last thing on your mind. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm in the presence of God. It's because when you are beholding those eyes of flame, like literally sin loses its grip. And Jesus tells her, go and sin no more. I really do think it is possible. People want to say, well, the Bible says, if anyone tells you he has no sin, like he's a liar and all this stuff. I understand that that is to say you never had sin. You were never in need of a savior. I'm aware that I was in need of a savior at one point. But I do believe that we can get to a point and people will call me a heretic, but you're already calling me a heretic at this point if you're going to say I'm a heretic over this. We're heretics now. We are straight heretics. Yeah. Everyone's a heretic to someone. If I'm a heretic to you, guess what? You're a heretic to me. Um, just kidding. But um, I do believe, listen, I do believe that there is a place we can get where we, sin's no longer a thing for us. And it's not that it's like, oh, I don't feel bad about my sin. It's like, no, I don't walk in sin. I don't, but I also think in the moments in which we are walking in the least sin, we are the most unaware of it. We are not aware of like, look at me, <laughs> I'm not sinning because it's not about, because the effort isn't not to not sin. In those moments, the effort is to behold him mm -hmm. and sinning, we've just forgotten. And we've not only just forgotten how to sin, we have forgotten that we aren't sinning anymore. So we don't even call attention. Other people then have to go, dude, do you realize it's been 30 years since you've dropped the F word? And you're like, oh my gosh, you're right. Wow. Like, I didn't even realize, like, yeah. I, I, I guess you're right. I didn't, I don't say it anymore. Wow. It's not like, oh yeah, I've been holding my breath for 30 years, really trying to, I bite my tongue every day. Look at all the little, uh, little scuffs on it, you know? It's like, I, I just like, it naturally fell off. Like, it's, it's like one of those things, like you get to the end of your life, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I forgot to do that. I guess I forgot, like, I liked that. I guess I forgot that that was appealing because I found something that transcends, it trumps, it supersedes all of those things. And like, if you haven't experienced what we're talking about, this sounds ridiculous, right? Like, this yeah. sounds like you're just making stuff up. This is a stretch. But when you really, like, again, I'm talking about eyes of fire. You can be like, oh, y'all are talking about weird stuff. When you experience those moments in the presence of God, when you behold Jesus and he is all that matters in that moment, you know what we're talking about. And the Bible is very clear that the whole world is going to see. Like, let me go on record to say, and I've said it a million times, Jesus is bodily going to return. Jesus is literally coming back to earth in a physical body, the same way his physical body left. Acts says this to the disciples, these angels come down. They say, why are you staring off into the sky? This same Jesus who has left in this, in this way, he's elevated to the sky, will return in like manner. He is literally going to physically come back and yep. the whole world will see the eyes that burn with fire, the hair that's white as wool, the feet that are burnished bronze. They will see it. The problem is, is that we don't read this book, the words, the scriptures, the, the words breathed out by the Holy Spirit like a child. Right. The biggest problem, and I'm starting to use this language a lot, biggest epidemic, the biggest, you know, like someone we know, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, the, seriously, the biggest problem is like, we don't read it like a child. We read it like a YouTube theologian or a PhD, and it's not bad to study. It's not bad to no. have knowledge. Yeah, for sure. 
But I refuse to believe that you have to come with this word of like, here's this school of thought to help you better understand the word of God. It says ye, uh, the children is uh, uh, the kingdom of God is for the ch- the little children. Yeah. And it says become like a child. It's, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Become like a child into the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah. The problem is, is that we make when you read this like a child, you take it for what it says and you say, okay, I believe it. Versus if this is like striking something, something in you, like a king is a heretic for what you just said, it's because we make theologies around man's weakness. Mm. The pro- like, if you read this, yes, it doesn't explain everything. No. It doesn't explain everything. It says, a mystery. Hey, cast out a demon, heal the sick. It doesn't, doesn't tell you how. It doesn't tell you how, but Jesus says, do this. Jesus says, follow me. Jesus says, go and sin no more. But he never says how. No. Yet the people who were the closest to him didn't ask the question because they didn't need to ask the question because they were following him. But the problem is where we are focusing on the weakness of men. And and the the crazy, the thing I do want to say though is this, it takes a childlike faith to be told, wow, there's a reality, Kenan Clark, to where you can no longer sin. Yeah. Knowing the context of all I've been as a sinner because I didn't know Jesus and mm-hmm. I've, I've been in bondage and slavery yeah. to a slave who's been enslaved for years and years and years. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend that it, there's freedom possible. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We have more confidence in the potency of our sin than we do in the salvation we've been given by Jesus. Like we have more confidence like, yeah, I'm always going to do that mm-hmm. versus no, like what I we have more confidence in what Adam gave us then we do do what Jesus gave that's us. Good. And that's a problem. Like I, I am not under some Adamic curse or covenant or anything like that. I am under a Christological Christus Victor reality, Christ the victorious, right? Like I have a, my, my, my world is Christ centered, mm-hmm. not, not Adam and Eve centered. It is Christ centered. Yes. He has defeated everything they could not. He is the second Adam. That's what we call him in theology. Um, but yeah, we can. You can elevate theology to a point where you ice out the God of that theology, where all of a sudden, like God is now confined to your theological beliefs rather than your the- theological beliefs confined to Him, and saying my theology can change. In certain ways, there are some mm-hmm. things that will never change because they are clear as day in scripture. Mm-hmm. There are some of those, like, there are some hills that are worth dying on, i.e. Mm-hmm. Calvary. That's a literal hill worth dying on. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's a good enough hill to die on for me. Mm-hmm. But there are certain places where it's like, hey, I may have never experienced that, but that doesn't mean God doesn't do it. Like, I mean, let's talk about Philip. Come on. Getting teleported. Come so many on. of you didn't even realize that was in your Bible. In your Bible, there's Tell a him. man who gets teleported. Um, you got to read this thing, man. Like this stuff happens. And this is New Testament. This is in the book of Acts. The nope. dude literally <laughs> is in one place. Another moment later, he is in a whole nother place. God teleports him. Up until that moment, everyone would have said, there's no way God can teleport you. God would never teleport you. Then God's like, yo, let me do it. Philip's mm-hmm. my guy. We have all these things. I'm like, God would never do that. God would never manifest himself in this way. Really? You want to say God would never like you, you you got more confidence than I, I do i just had a thought okay so a practical example of what we're talking about is jesus says lay your hands on the sake the thing that always disrupted me about before i was like when i was a cessationist yeah is james 5 says if anyone be sick come before the elders of his church and let the right. elders pray a prayer of faith and you shall be healed mm-hmm. so if we believe like the scriptures of the word of god right People should be, we should have not he, like healing services. We should be praying for the sick in some capacity. Yes. But I never experienced it. So I'm like, the word of God says, it, why don't we do it? So here's a real practical is that when you pray for the sick, what happens when they don't get healed? And the, what I just, the thought that just came into my mind, bro, was Peter walking on water. Okay. Mm. Jesus says, uh, or Pete, does Peter ask Jesus, hey, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. So he comes out to Jesus on the water. He starts doing this miraculous thing, walking on water, but he doesn't know how to do it, yet he's doing it. But then what happens? He starts to freak out and he looks around. Yeah. Starting to what I think would be rationalization. Yes. Start to rationalize, trying to... This isn't possible. And then he sinks. Yes. So 
what we're not saying is to completely look over no the hard questions of the faith no but we what we are saying is maybe the answer is instead of creating a theology to revert and cater to man's weakness instead have that childlike faith that yeah even so even more i will continue to press in and be yeah. obedient that maybe maybe there's a reality where we're supposed to sit in hard truths absolutely and not have answers for them yet yep. still be obedient yeah but that's that's not what our culture is used to we, we hate we tension. have so many again i'm not against colleges and universities and groups of study you're yeah. you're a student of the word literally you went to college to study the word right but a culture of i can't exist without a written out answer yeah. about the things i don't understand about god yes is the downfall of your faith yeah is the I, I think it just because again and holy spirit help me say this where it like makes sense i think it proves how little we actually know this god when we are demanding theological answers because the reason you are so unsettled with having these theological loose ends untied is because you really don't know him yet and our first and primal call is to know him and when you know him you're like yo it's cool like if, if god wants to reveal this to me that would be an awesome day i'd love to understand this but at the end of the day i know him and if he is choosing not to reveal it to me i trust his game plan but i that doesn't make me question its legitimacy but it just says god's not chosen to reveal that to me there are people like um who i've met in my journey and in my life who because they've not experienced it then it can't be god do you know what that sounds like sounds like arrogance narcissism, narcissism. it sounds like pride well it's never happened to me mm -hmm. oh maybe god hasn't allowed it to happen to you to uproot that well it hadn't happened to me thing like maybe the whole reason god's not letting it happen is because he's trying to expose this well it hasn't happened to me i forgot you're the center of theology so that's the end of this podcast it was really fun getting Keenan on again we'll try to get him more he's moving to tennessee so we'll we'll find a way to get him on regularly but thank you for watching this episode of the Keenan vision podcast we'll see you next week god bless y'all